Oh, that was perfect. That was perfect. perfect. That was great. <laughs> back from the dead. We missed last week because yes. I was sick, but uh, happy to be back. And Eric, how's it going? <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said something else there. I know, it almost, uh, <laughs> almost slipped out. Uh, I've, I've been really good, man. I've been pretty good, so I can't complain. I had my third booster, which I was bitching and complaining to you about uh, there <laughs> earlier. Uh, it took me down for the count, but I'm back. So um, Was it a, a one-day thing, or like for a few days it was like lingering side effects? It was the day. It was the full day. My body ached. Like I felt like I could not move. Like I felt like I overworked out every muscle in my body. Oh my god, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's terrible." And then right. when I couldn't get when I couldn't get warm, I thought I was dying. Oh <laughs> I was my gosh. I was being a little a little whiny <laughs> pants. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, anyways, with that perfect intro, Eric, what are you drinking? What is your drink of so, choice? I'm going festive this time. It's called the Grinch Winter Seasonal Ale. Uh, so it is a brewing company, North Shore, Vancouver. And all it says on it, uh, there's nothing that says anything on it. So there's what? no blurb. It's, a, it's just a winter seasonal ale. So I don't know what this is. Uh, it's a 6.5%. Uh, it's strong ale, but that's it called the bridge and there is the the label with the grinch i was expecting something a little bit more but um i wonder why yeah, they called so, it the grinch is it green I, no it's not it's it's like huh. it's dark wonder. so yeah usually there's like a little description but it's like the, this beer company is probably like no <laughs> you're not getting anything all right so here's let's, the let's... here's the taste test Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. I I was expecting it to be very like, I don't know, something to do with the Grinch, you know, like probably some ginger. sort of lime or lime. ginger. Oh but... yeah, yeah. Green apple. Hmm. It's not bad. Is it festive though? Is it a festive drink? I don't think so. I wouldn't say it's festive. No. I think they just probably just put a label on it and were like, ah, good enough. <laughs> yeah, just rebranded an existing drink uh, and mm -hmm. just like, oh, this is our Christmas edition. But Exactly, just like the Bieber Bites. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I never want to, I never want to eat Timbits ever again after that. <laughs> oh my God, such an ordeal. It's uh, funny, uh, a side antidote, uh, but someone at work bought them. Because she wanted to try them, and then she was like, "Oh, like guys, like you have some. I bought some for the for the watch." And I go in, and all there was was the sour cream ones uh, left, and I was like, "No, I'm gross. I'm good." Gross. <laughs> sour cream was terrible. <laughs> <sighs> all right, let's let's kick this off, Eric. Mm. What have you been listening to past two weeks? I've been listening to a lot. A lot has come out. Um, first, let's start off. Uh, I listened to JJ Wild and Billy. Ruff Raffoul, Raffoul, uh, JG Wild is a Canadian rock artist. Uh, she's been hitting it big on the radio lately in yep. uh, Canada. I'm assuming big time in Toronto because that's where she's from. Um, 
it's it's okay. It's not. I thought it was going to be a little bit more rockish, but it was very folksy. Uh, oh, really? Because she's on uh, all the rock stations here, like classic mm-hmm. rock stations. She's always on. I'm surprised the album's more folky. She's doing it with somebody, so it's like, a, or it's an EP called "Born to Die." Okay. Um, so it, it's not bad. It's it's worth a listen, but I was expecting it to be a bit more gringier. Um, checked out the album by Milky Chance. Uh, Trip Tape wasn't really a fan. Uh, checked out a band called the Lowland Brothers. Uh, self-titled album. Uh, they're they're actually kind of like a cool, unique, like like funkish Motown feel to them. It's okay. It's pretty cool. It's not too bad. Uh, listen to the new Government Mule album. Government Mule has released a new album called Heavy Load Blues. Uh, it's pretty awesome. You have to check it out. And uh, I listened to to this album, and I don't know if it's related to this game that you were talking about by Radiohead. Uh, a kid, a, a amnesia. Oh, kid, kid amnesia. A, kid uh, amnesia. Yeah. Yeah, it it's not measure. bad. It's it's yeah. interesting. So just the backstory to that. Um, so Kid A and Amnesia are two albums that were released by Radiohead. Like, I think it was, uh, I want to say late 90s, but it's got to be early 2000s. Uh, Kid A is like the masterpiece. Amnesia is like, uh, Amnesia is um, is basically the leftovers from Kid A. But they released it as a full album, so it's sort of divided opinion. But they reissued it as a single album now, and then released the uh, virtual video game that's on uh, Epic Store and PS5, I believe. Mm. Uh, but you listened to it. Yes, I did. Okay. What do you think about it? What do you think about Radiohead's uh, old but new album? <laughs> it's uh, so I've actually never heard these before. Right. So it was it was brand new to me, but I felt like like listening to the album. I felt like there was something empty, but I feel like the empty void would be filled by playing that game, right? Oh, like it almost it almost felt like it feels like it should be interactive. So mm. which I'm assuming the game is. So yeah, a bit. Um, yeah, Kid A is like this is the point where. Where Radiohead gets like way artsy fartsy, uh, still making really good music, but like it's like high concept art at this point to get to Kid A territory. Uh, mm. But yeah, the the video game. I mean, we already talked about this, so we don't have to get into too much detail. But it's definitely worth an install and just a playthrough. Honestly, you could probably just do it for like 10, 15 minutes, and you'll probably get the most out of it uh, at most an hour. But uh, it's definitely a def- an interesting experience and worth checking out, I would say. Even if you're not a crazy Radiohead fa- fan. Uh, but if you're like a hardcore Radiohead fan, you're going to find so much, so much like inside little stories. There's just so much <laughs> packed in there. Uh, cool. Anything else? Anything else you've been listening That's to? That's it, man. Um, honestly, I didn't really listen to anything that new. Um, what I have been doing and Eric, don't kill me, but, uh, I have a <laughs> Amazon music subscription, so I'm not paying for the like super expensive one. I, I don't know what it's mm-hmm. called. I have like the basic one because I have Amazon prime uh, and it just comes free with it. So I'm like, eh, I might as well start filling in my, like, you know how you can like download songs offline. 
I just started mm-hmm. like downloading everything that's like normally uh, <laughs> like in physical format I have. Like I just started downloading everything. I put in a bigger uh, SD card into my phone and just like like 64 gigs worth of music is on my phone now. I download it. Right on. Um, Amazon Prime Music is not good because it's missing a lot of stuff. Like half of the album is there, which is pissing me off. Uh, half of the album yeah so if you look at like oh boy (laughs) if you look at like taylor swift's i think it's folklore or um evermore the one after it like Mm -hmm. it's like tracks two five and seven are available to be (laughs) to be streamed and the rest of it's just missing that what is wrong with them (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know how the licensing licensing deal works but i feel like that is not a good way of like if you have to license each song individually, that seems insane. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I have partial albums of everything that I like <laughs> downloaded. It's <laughs> yeah. absolutely ridiculous, but I don't know. I'm not really paying for it. I guess I can't complain. Um, <laughs> so it's just been me downloading a bunch of music and just listening to old stuff. Um, some Nine Inch Nails. It's been good. It's been good to revisit that. That's been fun. Uh, oh, but one new song that did come out, and this was probably two weeks ago, but uh, a new song called I ha- I Have Seen The Way. Uh, it's off of Tom Morello's uh, solo album. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a song that is Tom Morello featuring Alex Lifeson and Kirk Hammett on it. Um, so if you're into uh, just like cool guitar stuff, uh, it's probably worth checking out at least once. I didn't really care for the song. To be honest, it was a bit annoying. Uh, I think they do use a sample of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, saying, I have seen the way, but it's done like a good 75 times like in a three, four minute song. So it gets really annoying really fast. Um, mm. But it's like, when you listen to the guitar solos in there, you're like, oh yeah, that's Tom Morello or that's Life Sin or that's Kirk Hammett. It's pretty obvious who's playing what. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't really digging the song, but I found it interesting that mm-hmm. those three came together and, and did a guitar song together. That is interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, nothing really too crazy. Um, oh, uh, but uh, Eric, do you know what tiny desks are? NPR puts those yes. on. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, over the last week, uh, what's your name? Oh, shit. What's your name? Oh, this is probably going to be album of my ear, too. Uh, is it that Olivia come- Rodriguez? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, she did a tiny desk. It was released. It's really good. You have, like, nice. it's very good. Um, it's just her okay. and uh, I think four other musicians behind her. Uh, drum drum bass guitar um so most of the songs that she's doing is like acoustic for the most part very good right on i, I really i don't know that album's really like it's really good i just have um <laughs> right on <laughs> yeah that's about it um i haven't really listened to any or that interesting i'd say <laughs> um all right eric what do you want to start with music news or today in history Choice. Let's do today in history. Okay. Today. Let's do that. So today, December 13th, going back all the way to 1925, actor slash entertainer Dick Van Dyke is born in Missouri. He stars and Dick sings Van in the Dyke. hit musicals Mary Poppins and 
Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You remember Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as a child? I do. I do. <laughs> Just like very glimpses I, of like I have um I have the original book, uh like hardcover book and an uh an audio tape on cassette for that book. <laughs> um because it's a child's book. Uh but Ray Charles does the uh the singing and narration for that book. It's really amazing. I don't know why yeah. Ray Charles is doing this, but it's so funny. When I opened it Probably. up like a year ago, I was like, why is there a picture of Ray Charles here? <laughs> Probably needed some extra money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also on this day in 1948, the very controversial Ted Nugent is born Theodore Anthony Nugent in Detroit, Michigan. Ed Nugent. Uh, what, like, what a strange human being to come out of Detroit of all places. Like, mm-hmm. he loves his guns. Uh, he hates vaccines. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he hates Democrats. But he came from Detroit of all places. It seems like an Which odd is, place. Yeah, especially with what he's into. <laughs> you know like yeah he's like yeah. into like hard rock it's strange uh mm-hmm. i don't know anyways to ted nugent very controversial figure but phenomenal guitar have have you seen his um his hunting guitar no he has combined a uh a bow and arrow and a guitar so he can play guitar and shoot animals at the same time <laughs> he can fire arrows from his guitar. It's so funny. That's insane. <laughs> that is, I, I want, kind of want to see that. I'm going to Google that I quickly. Can, I can probably pull that up. Hold on. Let's, uh, Ted Nugent, um, guitar arrow. That shoots flaming arrows from it. Oh, here it is. Flaming arrows. Nothing kills. <laughs> Nothing kills your prey. Just like a flaming arrow. Set it on fire. You cook it at the same time. Right. There he is. Oh my god. So he has his guitar and <laughs> and his arrow. Ye Jesus. And he lights it on fire and shoots it during his shows. <laughs> oh my gosh. So where's the guitar part? The guitar parts I can't see it, but I think it's near his hip. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Oh, I see. So it's just it just attached lower. Yeah. Interesting. So fun. I feel like you can't use it. Like I feel like once you pull it, like it would pull the bounce of the string would just <laughs> rock the neck out of tune. It would. Yeah. Cuz that right? thing like shoots with crazy force, right? It's got to bend the neck at some point. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also on this day, less controversial person, 1949, Randy Owen, lead singer of Alabama, is born in Fort Payne, Alabama. That's a good country band. I didn't know that the band Alabama, Alabama was from Alabama. That sort of blew my mind. <laughs> I don't know. I probably should have assumed that, but I didn't think anyone would name their band after the state they're from. That seems... <laughs> sort of weird um staying on topic 1966 uh the album we are going to review later Jimi hendrix records foxy lady Ooh, that's a great song 
Uh, and al- also on this day, Jimi Hendrix also makes his first UK TV appearance when he performs on Ready, Steady, Go. Hmm. We'll be talking about Jimi Hendrix uh, later <laughs> on in the show. Yes, we will. Some pretty significant things. Uh, more birthdays. 1975, Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 is born in Poway, <laughs> California. Tom DeLonge. There you go. Another Tom DeLonge, show. a legend. I, don't, I, I still don't. I don't know why people like Tom DeLonge. Get it? <clears throat> the people do. He's the myth, the man, the legend. Like I feel like he's. That's why that shirt exists. Nineteen eighty-one. Evanescence. Evanescence. I can't pronounce anything today. Singer Amy Lee is born in Riverside, California. It's such a weird place for her to to be born in California. Yeah, like super like goth, like goth looking. Yeah. Uh, like I, I could California. see her being like, I was born in Seattle. Mm. I could totally see that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But not California with all the granola <laughs> crunchers. <laughs> um, and also on this day in 1989, Taylor Swift is born in Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm. The myth, the lady, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why 13 is a significant number for her, because she's born December 13th. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, skipping way ahead, 2003, Jack White, frontman for the White Stripes Assault, Von Bondi's frontman, Jason Stolsteimer, in a Detroit nightclub, uh, possibly because Stolsteimer badmouthed uh, Jack White in the press. Three months later, White pleads guilty to assault and battery and is forced to pay $750 and take anger management classes. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. He doesn't seem like an angry kind of guy, but I guess he is. Yeah, he doesn't seem very angry slash. I feel like he couldn't do that much damage. He doesn't seem like a type of person that could like, <laughs> if he were to punch you, I don't feel like it would do that much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like it. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the next episode. <laughs> who who can defeat Jack White? <laughs> uh, 2004, the Love Shack, made famous by the B-52 song, is destroyed by fire, uh, with only its chimney and tin roof still standing. <laughs> the Love Shack was in Georgia. I didn't know that the Love Shack was an actual place that they were singing about. I, I thought... I actually didn't know that either. So. <laughs> uh, 2008 Eagles guitarist Joe Walsh marries uh, Marjorie Bach, making him brother-in-law to Ringo Starr, uh, which which Ringo Starr is married to Marjorie's sister Barbara. So Joe Walsh and Ringo Starr are brother brothers-in-law. That is hilarious. 2012, police bust a murder plot targeting pop singer Justin Bieber. A team of three hitmen in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, have been making plans to stalk and kill the singer and even castrate him. One of the three (laughs) men had reportedly been obsessed with Bieber to the point of having a tattoo of him on his leg. All three men were apprehended along with confiscated weapons plus a set of pruning shears. Well... That would be, see, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's just a rumor. 
And then once, if you're Justin Bieber and you're like, oh, we also found some pruning shears. It's like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's messed up though. Like that is messed up. If I was a tattoo artist and a grown ass man came to me and was like, I need Justin Bieber's face on my leg. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm calling the police. Yeah, sure. Just one second. I just got to make a quick call. Like that's insane. Uh, Just make yourself comfortable. (laughs) Like that. Yeah. That's like major red flags going up right there as a tattoo artist. Yeah. Like I, I can't even see many people going in there and being like, I want a picture of this this person face and I want this face too. Like I'd be interested too to know like did he have a picture that he wanted or was it just any picture? <laughs> just uh, just Justin draw Bieber's me Justin face. Bieber. I don't care. Yeah, just draw me Justin Bieber. I don't care at what age uh justin bieber is it's just any justin bieber exactly wow anyways that's crazy crazy people out there um and finally 2013 beyonce's self-titled album is released with no advance notice this sends radio stations scrambling to get songs on the air and generating lots of free publicity i don't know how i feel about albums being released without prior notice I get it if you're Beyonce or like an established artist and you just release stuff. It's just like you don't really care mm-hmm. about um, you don't really care about like if it's successful or not because you're already successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a fan, I don't know if I appreciate an album just dropping randomly. And like Eminem's done that also in the past and i'm just like these albums are great and i'm like pleasantly surprised that they're released but at the same time i'm not like i'm not like a hardcore eminem fan but if i if like metallica released an album tomorrow and it's like oh yeah we forgot to tell they've i'd be i don't know i'd be sort of peeved off (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we forgot we got forgot to tell everybody we were going on tour yeah we we showed up at the venue and nobody was there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's sort of like with like concert tickets. It's just like when when artists drop mm-hmm. concert tickets, it's like go buy them. It's just like you gave me no time to prepare for this. Um, yeah. it, it's a bit different that for for album releases, but at the same time, I, if I'm super into a band, I'm like okay, this time this day, this is when I'm going to listen to this from front to back. Like I need to set aside exactly. time to listen yeah. to this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about just surprise album release. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where I stand on that too. Like, I think I feel like if it's a band that I really like, I'd get excited. But then, oh, oh my God, they release an album, right? And then you download it or buy it. But then, but then you're right because you want you do want to know, like you want to get like something to get forward to, like oh, this is coming yeah. out in in February. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Right. Anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of birthdays today, December 13th, uh, but that's basically it. Uh, it's so interesting. Ted Nugent and Taylor Swift born on the same day, different year. You gotta love it. That's so funny. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on. Music news. Some uh, some crazy stuff actually happened. Uh, so uh, on our growing list of people who are selling their music, Montley Crew have sold their entire catalog to BMG for reported <laughs> 90 million usd i'm not surprised about that <laughs> actually yeah motley crew 
I feel God. like Motley Crue is one of those bands that was just in it for the money. They definitely were. For sure. Yeah. Like, like they couldn't give a crap. <laughs> like they were like, all right, we're making it big. Let's just ride the wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, 90 million for the whole Motley Crue. I feel like this is a terrible investment, but like what yes, kid what kid growing up now who's going to get into hard rock is like Motley Crue is my favorite band. I feel like that's going to be yep. very rare. The only song that you can pull people in is Kickstart My Heart. Yeah. Like Girls 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 is such a misogynistic song at this point. Like, yeah. who's going to put that in a commercial? But it's, that's not even, like, a, a song that would pull you in, even if it wasn't misogynistic, right? Yeah. Right? Like, like Kickstart My Heart just has that... It has a good riff, right? But name name another Motley Crue song, everybody, and tell us. Actually, no, tell Doctor, us. Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. Dr. Feelgood, actually, yeah. I forgot. I always forget they sing that song. <laughs> because <laughs> Vince Neil just mumbles through the freaking yeah. lyrics it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> yeah. how bad he is live yeah if you ever want to get a good laugh <laughs> go watch that because it <laughs> is epic he's <laughs> like so bad I don't understand why they let him still perform and who like goes to see him Oh, it's too good. He just it's he doesn't good. end he doesn't end his phrases at all. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, Smiley uh, Crew have sold their entire catalog to BMG, $90 million. Uh in similar news, um, the Prince Estate has sold a 50% stake of rights to name, likeness, masters, and publishing. Undisclosed mm-hmm. amount. Uh, but half of Prince's stuff is now gone. That one. If Prince was alive, I feel like Prince would be uh, really against it, but you know, dead. Mm-hmm. So it's his estate. Nothing he now. can do about it. <laughs> I feel like that sort of I could sort of see that because Prince was super into like no one can use my stuff ever. <laughs> this is why. This is why when Prince was alive, like go go to YouTube. Maybe it might be different now, but uh, go to YouTube and try to find like a Prince cover. Do you see anyone like there's so many like Oasis covers and like just so mm-hmm. many kids who are doing covers on YouTube uh, and some and a lot of them go viral. But have you seen like a Prince viral cover ever happen? Yeah. Viral? No. Yeah. You know why? Because yeah. Prince, as soon as he sees a kid playing his song on YouTube, he was like, nope, you are getting deleted off of YouTube. Uh, he would just go around <laughs> and just like remove people's stuff if it was like his music. Would- that's what he'd do for breakfast. Yeah. Sit there and have his coffee and whatever he ate. And then just <laughs> sat there scrolling through YouTube, like, get out of here. Just <laughs> Googling his own name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, oh, it's got more than a thousand views. Delete. <laughs> yeah, he was like super uh, against people doing covers of his music and putting it online. But mm. you know, he's dead now. Yes. <sighs> yes, he is uh oh back to taylor swift news taylor swift will face a jury trial over accusations that she plagiarized lyrics for her 2014 hit songs shake it off um from uh stole the lyrics from a different song so a u.s judge has refused swift's request for the case to be dismissed as the lyrics of shake it off by taylor swift bear some resemblance to the lyrics by a song called 
Play is Gonna Play, which was released by a girl group L- L3W in 2001. The songwriter Sean Hall and Nathan Butler are behind the lawsuit. The basis of the lawsuit uh, are the phrases Player's Gonna Play and Hater's Gonna Hate uh, is too similar to their song that uses the same phrase. Uh, oh my god. This, in fact, uh, is not the first time uh, that... Uh, Sorry, this is not the first time that Shake It Off has been actually uh, sued for plagiarism. In 2015, R&B singer Jesse Brom alleged that the song was plagiarized from his 2013 song, Haters Gonna Hate. He demanded $42 million. Uh, so the common, common thread <laughs> here is that the phrase, Haters Gonna Hate or Players Gonna Play, uh, is apparently too, too, uh, too unique to these artists and they made up the phrase so no one else can use them in their lyrics oh see i have a big problem with this because <laughs> if you're obviously going to take like the, the lyrics to the whole like this is my song then yes by all means sue her but or or if it sounds the same Hold like on, if Eric, it sounds exactly the same too, to the microphone Oh, sorry. You're peeking. There, is that better? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just feel like, I don't know, like, player's going to play, hater's going to hate. Really? Like, I don't know. That's what they're suing for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't think they're going to succeed. It's ridiculous. I don't know what, like, in what universe does a songwriter go... Like this common phrase, I'm gonna make some money. Like I'm putting up money to uh, sue a person that mm-hmm. made a lot of money off. Of but like, in what world do they think they're going to win that lawsuit? It just seems strange to me. Yeah, very, very strange. Jason Dragonflies, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Um, what's going on we're just talking about how taylor swift is facing accusations of plagiarized lyrics over uh the phrase players gonna play and haters gonna hate because you know i feel like we we talk about taylor swift so much and we're pro taylor swift that we should eventually have her on this podcast if she's listening That'd be hilarious. She'll be our first celebrity guest. (laughs) (laughs) In what universe will that happen? Uh, No universe. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Maybe she's watching right now. (laughs) Anyways, uh, uh, just for future musicians, just don't use the phrase player's going to play and here's going to hate in your song. Otherwise, you're going to get sued. Yeah. For. I just love how it's like. You stole this from me. I demand $40 million. It's just so like, what is this? Like an Austin Powers movie? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh. Um, in other news, and this is probably some dystopian strange future, but it is the present. Vero Music, a new company who created a software to create uh, songs, Uh, is using their software to uh, make songs based on DNA strands. More specifically, they have made 10,000 songs and digital images using the genetic code of COVID-19. And guess what? They are selling them as NFTs. So what they've done 
is with the software, they've looked at the virus's DNA sequence, assigned each codon a specific note, and then charted it out and made 10,000 songs. So there's literally a COVID-19 song plus all its variants. Yes. (laughs) And they're selling them as NFTs now. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, do you know what's gonna happen? One of these COVID nineteen songs are gonna be players gonna play haters That's what's gonna happen. And then then this company's gonna get sued. Yeah. Um I've taken a listen to one of the songs. It's 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 not what what they're trying to do. Like I can I can sort of respect it from like an artistic standpoint. It's like, oh, it's like, um, uh, what does um, what does Tool do? The Fibonacci sequence, right? They made a whole mm-hmm. song based on that. This is not that. This is they like they actually like split up the song. It's like, okay, this is the this is the DNA sequence part that we've notated out, and it sounds like trash. It's just like random ass notes. And they're like, oh, to make this sound better, we hired a cello player to write and play a cello song on top of whatever the software put out. And then that became like a listenable song. I was just like, doesn't that defeat the hmm. purpose of of it being a COVID-19 song? Like, you just wrote hmm. an actual song on top of the notes the software produced. Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's amazing. Anyway, you have to send me the link to this because I want to <laughs> check this out. Anyways, there's 10,000 songs up for sale as NFTs if anyone for some reason wants to buy a COVID-19 song made by uh, Vero Music. Yeah. Be sure to check out the latest hit, the Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Okay, more depressing uh, future... D- dystopian universes um so we talked about the whole monkey nft thing the virtual monkey Mm -hmm. band that uh, universal is making well anyways universal music is uh, now creating a metaverse where these monkeys can exist so people can uh i assume put on their vr headsets or just use their computers (laughs) and then create an avatar and walk around the universe and they can watch these monkeys perform take it once sounds Oh, go on. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. <laughs> take this one step further. Uh, Universal obviously is one of the big uh, record labels, so they already have a roster of uh, artists signed to their label. Uh, they are now giving their artists uh, avatars uh, within this metaverse. Uh, so Snoop Dogg will be in there. I, I'm just naming off names. I actually don't remember who's on Universal. Uh, you know. Uh, Justin Bieber will have an avatar in this metaverse. Uh, And in that universe, your favorite artist and their avatars will sell you uh, specific (laughs) digital merch so that you can dress your own avatar in in the digital meat space uh, with your (laughs) your favorite artist's uh, merch. So walk around and wear your favorite uh, Whitney Houston t-shirt metaverse this sounds a lot like animal crossing (laughs) (laughs) that's what this is this is animal crossing (laughs) oh i i the idea (laughs) is a bit interesting to me because it's like Mm -hmm. oh you can sort of like 
you can make a space, you can sort of interact with your fans <clears throat> to an extent. But at the same time, it's like, is this real? <laughs> or is this so like I re- some... This, so, this sounds a lot familiar because I remember when the PlayStation 3 came out. We were in we were in high school at this point, and they had like I, I don't remember ex- the exact what it was called. I think it was called the PlayStation Room or the the home, yeah, home room or something. PlayStation Home, and, I think, yeah. And then you can actually go into this world, and you can create an avatar, and you can walk around, and you can go to different like worlds. So you can go to like the God of War realm or the Uncharted realm, right? So like it, it this seems a lot like that. Yeah. <sighs> and it never it never took off. It never took off. So I'd be intrigued. Maybe it maybe it will now. Maybe it was just ahead of its time. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like personally, I don't know if I would ever get into this. Like mm-hmm. 30 years from now when I'm an old man, um will I will this be like the norm and will I buy into it? I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd be interested. I don't think I'd be interested in that. I'm going to be the old man that says, go outside, get some exercise. Yeah, go outside Uh, or go to your radio player or record player. Play play a song. Stop staring at your screens. Yeah, here's a CD. (laughs) Um, Anyways. Get away from me, Grandpa. (laughs) These digital digital Mm -hmm. metaverses are popping up more and more. uh, Just more opportunities. Bieber bits in this world from Justin Bieber. <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> and just throw the sour cream ones at him. <laughs> um, uh, in talking about metaverses, um, Snoop Dogg has also uh, released his own metaverse. It's called the Snoopverse. Uh, the Snoopverse is uh, currently residing in a uh, place called the Sandbox, which is an Ethereum-based platform. Um, so you can be in Snoop Dogg's metaverse, create your own avatar, live in it. Um, and surprisingly, someone has already blown 450,000 USD uh, to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor in this virtual land. So someone has paid $450,000 for the plot of land besides Snoop Dogg to be his neighbor. I don't even know what to say to this. Like <laughs> Snoop Dogg's Cam, a genius. Snoop Dogg's I feel like the the longer we do these episodes, the more stuff that's going to come out, the more I'm just going to be like, man, I am old. <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> this is what music has evolved to. Like, what happened to the good old days where you just listen to music? Yeah, no, and... <laughs> now I need to go to the I need to go to the Snoop first <laughs> to experience it firsthand. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's pretty crazy like how these things are going but Snoop Dogg like mm. genius just like wrote a bunch <laughs> got someone to write a bunch of code and then 450 450,000 dollars right there yeah and you know for sure he's well in there when the guy's writing the code he's all in there like not he's not in there at all like he's just like yeah sure make me a Snoop verse <laughs> it's like oh he's probably high when he watched it and he was like this is so cool <laughs> <sighs> anyways uh similarly uh this is not really a metaverse but back to uh basically cryptocurrencies megadeth has launched its own official cryptocurrency and they have called it dollar sign mega by 
holding onto dollar sign mega members of the cyber army which is mega Death's official fan club will unlock additional exclusives access and offers so i assume those are like discount codes and early access to songs and whatever but uh mega Death has a cryptocurrency now this is just a lot like dogecoin <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean <clears throat> Maybe it's maybe it's hard to be a, a full-time musician. Maybe it's a lot harder than we think. And that's why these bands mm-hmm. need to do these crazy ass things just to make money. But I think now it's hard to be a musician. Right, cuz I feel like back then it was just like, oh, this is amazing. You play shows, come out with an album, play shows, come out with an album. Right. Now you're just making these universes and making cryptocurrencies <laughs> and selling I... NFTs. <laughs> Like, honest, at the core of this, nothing of this has to do with music. It's literally, mm-hmm. like, just an experience, I guess. That's the whole thing. Yep. I don't know how I feel about any of this. Just yeah. yeah, people are living their lives on a screen now rather than going outside. <laughs> Uh, and finally, in the last bit of news, Neil Young has admitted to only recording on a full moon, saying, quote, <laughs> you can feel the energy. So Neil Young's latest album uh, with his band Crazy Horse, um, I think it's called Barn. Didn't write it down. Anyways, his yeah, new album's out. Barn. Uh, his new album's out. And uh, the album was specifically recorded under the Strawberry Moon, a name for the full moon in June. That sounds like something Neil Young would do. (laughs) That's also something that Chasing Dragonflies would also do. (laughs) But, um, I mean, he's Neil Young, so honestly, whatever. He could do what... You know what I did listen... Actually, I forgot. Um, Neil Young, I looked up because I saw this story. I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to go look up a Neil Young performance. And he was doing, um, Heart of Gold. It was just him, an acoustic guitar and harmonica. And I was just, this, this is the greatest Mm -hmm. thing I've ever seen. Like Neil Young does not have a good voice. It's not Bob Dylan level, but he's not, I wouldn't (laughs) say he's like a great singer, but Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Can that man convey emotion and just put on a performance with the most minimalistic setup ever? He he totally can. Like and I've seen him play old man with just just that and it was insane. Like he just has I think his voice is unique in that way that it's bad but it fits to what he's singing about because it it's just pure raw emotion coming out which is awesome right yeah like when i look at him and what he's able to do i'm like there's nothing particularly uh there's nothing particularly fascinating not fascinating but like impressive like vocally guitar playing harmonica playing nothing is like he's not the best in his class but whatever it is he just has that magic as a performer hmm it's just like I don't I it's something you can't quantify. It's just like he's just got it. Just one of the mm-hmm. one of a kind performers. It's like so good. Totally. Um anyways, that's it for the news. 
a lot of just nonsense. <laughs> Gotta love it. <sighs> Anyways. All Soon right. chasing dragonflies, you will have a virtual world. Oh my god. What would your virtual world be called? We should we just call it the dragonfly pond, because that's what it is in the Discord. Ah. Uh, pretty good. Actually that's that a pretty good name. That is actually a good that is a good name. Totally. <sighs> Anyways. And then you can you can have virtual chem stand there and judge you <laughs> for the music you listen to. <laughs> you can pay him to judge you. Oh my god, that'd be the best. That'd yeah, be such yeah. easy money. Well, what's your favorite band? <laughs> and then some guy would be like my favorite band is Justin Bieber. <laughs> well, that's not a band. Get out of my face. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be priceless. I would pay for that. That would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Yeah, maybe we should we should make a virtual world, a metaverse at some point. That'd be hilarious. Uh, oh. Anyways. <laughs> oh. yes anyways let's move on the album review this is the final one for this year um we'll discuss future plans later but the last one for this year is the jimmy hendrix experience are you experienced debut album here we yes. go. The debut studio album, Are You Experienced by the Jimi Hendrix Experience, was released in 1967. Widely regarded as one of the greatest debuts in the history of rock music, the album was an immediate critical and commercial success. It would spend 33 weeks on the UK charts, peaking at number two, and 106 weeks on the US Billboard Top LPs. Rolling Stone magazine has this album at number 30 on their list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Uh, to date, the album has sold 5 million copies in the U.S. alone. So, Eric, are you experienced? Thoughts? How did you listen to it? Et cetera, et cetera. So, first of all, I should say that I remember you messaged me saying, the which version of the album did you listen to? So, which one did you listen to? What was the first song? Uh, Purple Haze. So, this is the U.S. Okay. pressing. Okay, so I must have listened to a different one then because I couldn't actually find this on Apple Music, so I had to go off Wikipedia and find the actual because it gave me some crazy deluxe version with like 50 songs on it. Oh, and I was like, that's right. not the one I want. What's the but, uh, last song that on, on? Are You Experienced? Okay, so yeah, there's a the US pressing has two versions. It has the Purple Haze as number one, and then Art Experience is the last track. But there's also a, a reissue of it with bonus tracks. So in total, 11 tracks is what you have? Yeah. Okay. That's what I have. Yeah. Okay. So we're not so, talking about the bonus tracks at all. We're just talking about the original uh, release, yes. which there was a UK release and a US release. Yeah. So my version started off with Foxy Lady. Okay. That's the UK release. Okay. So. Uh, Purple Haze, I know Purple Haze well, so it'll be interesting to see which, like, is that the only song that's different on? Uh, no, I think they're all different. I can look it up while you talk about it, though. Okay, so the version I listened to, I guess we're going to be writing two different albums here. Uh, the version I listened to, Foxy Lady, I'm sure you're off the song, Kem. Yeah. Uh, it's a great song. It, it kind of put, threw me back to watching Wayne's World. <laughs> which which was awesome uh 
I think it's a good opener for the album for sure. But Purple Haze would be good too. Yeah. Right. Bum, 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 or no, that's not Purple yeah. Haze, is it? Yeah, yeah. No, that is Purple Haze. Yeah, sorry. Um, and then it goes into Manic Depression, which I think is a great tune. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite Jimi Hendrix songs. Uh, then Red House, which is totally bluesy, totally up my alley. I love that uh, opening riff. Um, I felt like the album was good. It was well mixed. Like like the good songs were kind of mixed throughout the album. So, uh, but then there were some songs that were kind of putting me to sleep. Uh, uh, Third Stone from the Sun, or oh. was it Remember? Remember. I think it was Remember then. Okay. Yeah, Remember. I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, and then what was the other one? Uh, I can't remember the other one, but overall it was pretty good. Like Fire's a great song. Third Stone from the Sun. I can't remember how it goes now. An instrumental uh, for the most part. Yeah, Lover Confusion was good too. Um, Red House, Manic Depression. I felt like there's a lot of solid tunes on this album, but now I'm intrigued to see what was on the US version. Okay, so I just looked this up and they're completely different. <laughs> so, oh boy. Um, because you're missing a huge song. You're missing on the UK version, Hey Joe. Oh. <laughs> that is that is by far my favorite Jimi Hendrix song. You're missing Hey Joe on the UK version. Yeah, it's not it's not on here. It's the third track on the US version. <laughs> yeah, Red House is the yeah. third track on mine. Oh damn. Um anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna list this off. So the UK version is Foxy Lady, Manic Depression, Red House, Can You See Me, Love or Confusion, I Don't Live Today, May This Be Love. Fire, third stone from the sun, remember, and then closes off before you experience. Whereas the US version is Purple Haze, Manic Depression, Hey Joe, Love or Confusion, May This Be Love, I Don't Live Today, The Wind Cries Mary, oh. Fire, third stone from the sun, Foxy Lady, are you experienced? Okay, so, so your version is way better than yeah, mine. The North American version is far superior. So okay. this is going to be an interesting uh, debate here because... Okay. Well, I'm not debating. I've, I've already agreed. <laughs> Sorry. Cause, uh, so the, my favorite songs, Jimi Hendrix ever, are as follows. Hey Joe, number one. A Wind Cries Mary, <laughs> number two. Manic Depression. Really? Okay. Yeah. I love that song. Uh Little Wing. Okay, yes, yeah. But it's not on the albums, yeah, so yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. I'm not going to include just, it. But, these are just generally but, the your favorite ones. Yeah. So three of those songs are on this album. Wait, all all, all along the watch, Watchtower is in your top 3? No, it's not. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's technically a Bob Dylan song too, so yeah, but Hey Joe is not know. a is a cover also. Tag. Yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> I got it. But so, I, I don't know. Hey Joe is such a good song, though. Like that so riff. Good. That's like one of the very first guitar riffs I've ever learned. And I was just obsessed with that song. Like, oh, it's so good. Right? Yeah. It's literally like the song is literally about the guy finds out that, that his wife's been cheating on him. 
and he pretty much gets a gun and goes and hunts him down. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's the perfect yeah. cross section of a country country song lyrically. Yes. But it's got that crazy blues and it's got that rock feel to it. Yes, absolutely. It's a really good song. It's a great song. But you could say great that song. about All Along the Watchtower too because it's like a folk song from Bob Dylan, but yeah. then he just takes it psychedelic. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's true. Oh, your version is way better than the one I listened to. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to this. I was like, oh, these are really freaking good songs. Um, mm-hmm. I would say your yours open with Foxy Lady, which is a, it's a it's a pretty good opener to an album. Um, mm-hmm. but Purple Haze as an opener. When I first put this on and put Purple Haze, um. I heard Purple uh, Haze. I was just like, this is the greatest intro to an album ever. Like, just imagine this is the first song people hear from your band. It is good. Yeah. It would blow my mind if this was like the first thing I ever heard of Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. So good. Um but yeah, in comparison, you're missing you're missing a lot of songs. Yeah, Wind Cries <laughs> Mary is such a cool song too. Yeah. Like, uh damn. So I feel like our scores are <laughs> gonna be different uh, on this one. But um I would just say uh, I listened to the North American version and I do agree with you on some of those songs that you listen to. So a song like uh I don't live today or may this be love maybe mm. third stone from the sun, but I sort of like third stone from the sun. It's like a psychedelic jam rock type of thing. Uh, some of the songs I sort of fell asleep to because it was like, yeah, this isn't purple haze or this isn't, uh, this isn't Foxy lady. Right. So there was definitely some filler on this album that I could have done without, but man, like a song like fire, it's just like so good, such Let's a good get song. Down a little fire. Oh, it's yeah. so it's such a great song. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite guitar solo? Ooh, because uh, Jimi Hendrix is a guitar guy, right? So he's, or I would say, guitar god. But does, but does Hey Joe count? I feel like the whole song is a guitar solo. It is. <laughs> he's just he's a, it's like it's like the perfect blues like like you said it's yeah. that country but it has that blues version where he sings the ly- lyric and he's just like because yeah. right? for me for me the standout mm. is hey joe in terms of guitar playing even though it's not the most complicated thing or the fastest thing mm. it just you just feel it when you listen to it but i feel like the whole song is a guitar solo so i'm not sure <laughs> if that really counts um I would say, and this might be controversial, but I would say fire. Interesting. Okay. I just like, hmm. I, for me, it's the most memorable thing that's not a riff. Like Purple Haze, obviously, because the riff is just amazing. But if you're talking strictly guitar solo, uh, fire is the one that stands out to me that I'll always remember. Oh, uh, see, mine would be Wind Cries Mary. Oh, yeah, that's good too. That is very like good. that. That one just it just resonates in my head. Yeah. Right, and it's just like it's such a good like slow song, and then when that solo comes in, you're just like, oh, this is like, this is genius. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I can't believe this is a debut album by this man. Like, mm-hmm. 
just the that level is insane of that it's a de- debut album like I, 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 why would you release that garbage to the UK? And it's like, that's that track listing. Like that US version is just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's the level of talent that Jimi Hendrix had. This is unparalleled. Like you listen to this, here's the, here's the uh, cons for this album. I might as well get into that. Yeah. It definitely sounds like it was recorded in the 60s. Like, there's definitely (laughs) a quality issue on this record. Not to say it's unlistenable, because if I'm I'm listening to this today and I listen to Purple Haze put that in, it's like, it's perfectly fine. But some of the quieter spots or some of the parts that should have been, like, a lot heavier, it's not up to, like, modern standard where, like, you can hear everything. Thankfully, it's mm-hmm. a three-piece band, so there's a lot of space. It's only one guitar, one bass, one drummer, one vocal. Um, so there isn't a lot of layering. I don't even think they like double-track guitars on this record. It very much sounded like uh, Hendrix on rhythm guitar, and then he just soloed on top of it. Like I don't think yeah. he like double-track or triple-track guitars. So it's very like I wouldn't say thin-sounding because Jimi Hendrix just like sounds really big, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, by modern recording standards it's not a great sounding record Uh, but it's sort of offsets by the ability of Jimi Hendrix and how he sounds it's just you don't get a better guitar player than him Um, so that would be the one con I would say for for this yeah like like, see the grittiness doesn't bother me because I kind of like the grittiness in, in certain bands like you know, especially like I'm finding doing this podcast, I really like the grittiness of like hip hop music kind of thing. Just that gritty instead of that polished ta- tone, because it's like that almost like a lower class, like, and, and I'm not trying to say that it's, it's low class, but it, but it just sounds very like just more badass. Yeah. It's more authentic, right? It's not yeah. something that you've spent a million dollar producer to like scrub every single note. Mm-hmm. and it's and it's true to what the artist wants which i kind of like um but then again it's most definitely in this case it's because of the you know the recording technology that they're probably using right yeah. um i do have to say though for an opening album like i can just imagine you listening to this being like this is this album's really good like i wonder how these guys sound live and then you go watch them and you see Jimi Hendrix play left-handed, but not only that, the strings aren't even like they're they're tuned differently. <laughs> like they're yeah. they're strung they're completely opposite too. Yeah. So it's like, what is going on here? <laughs> I don't so. understand why he didn't just buy a left-handed guitar at at some mm. point. He just like just, just couldn't be bothered. He just played the guitar upside down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say something else about this record, but now I actually forgot. Um, yeah, Jimi Hendrix is a boss. Uh, he is. Recording quality was meh, but it's from the 60s, so sort of forgivable. Um, oh, final track. Are you experienced? Yay or nay for the final track on this record? Hmm. As a close. I feel like it, it could do without it. Yeah. I sort of felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It was like cool i was like okay this is a this is a pretty decent closer to the album but we could have we could have gone with something else i 
I understand why it's there because I know Jimi Hendrix really loved like the jam bands, like blues and stuff like that, obviously. Um, and obviously at the end of those shows, there'd be like this final, like ma- major mass, just guitar solo, just like, and so I feel like this song would be good in a live setting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I definitely Right. But I feel like recorded, they just didn't capture it well. Yeah. I assume all of these were probably taken off the floor, just like all of them in a room playing together. I'm yeah. pretty sure it wasn't individually tracked. Another trio. All the all the trios are like like amazingly good. Yeah. So. <sighs> Anyways, Eric, final thoughts and ratings uh, for yourself, the UK version. The UK version, Jesus. Okay, well, after listening to this, you. US version which is much superior um, I did still enjoy the UK version um, so I would give it a probably a 7 out of 10 okay nice 7 out of 10 but if I was to rate the I know I'm not allowed to but if I was to rate the US version I would probably give it an 8 or a 9 Ooh. probably a 9 yeah cause yeah the quality of the songs is just that high um I'm yeah, I'm gonna sort of sit in that range. The US version is like a definite eight for me. Um there's definitely filler on this record that you can skip, but I mean half of the songs on this record are just that good. Right? Half of this record is just like classic. You cannot miss these songs if you go your whole life without listening to the Purple Haze or Hey Joe, you've wasted your life. That's yes. the level that these songs are. So. Yeah, hey Joe is definitely like top 10 songs for me, probably. Um, so yeah, an 8 out of 10 for me on, on Are You Experienced? The US version by the Jimi right Hendrix on. Experience. Wonderful. All right, so that is our final album review uh, for this year, uh, for 2021. Chasing uh, Triflies, you wasted your life. Yeah, it's true. Like if you have never, <laughs> if you never listen to the wind cries Mary, like, yeah. have you even listened to music? Like, <laughs> like another thing that 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 virtual chem could say at the dragonfly pond. <laughs> <laughs> but you can pay for that comment. Yeah, charge for <laughs> you those. were wasting your life. Have you heard the song? No, <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Get out of my face. Um. Where were we? All right, final album review of the year. So we have two more episodes for 2021. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing our 2021 wrap-up of the year. So we're just going to be talking about you know the best of, the worst of, all that stuff. Just do a summary of the year. Uh, and then the final, in two weeks' time, we are going to be our, doing our top 10 list once again uh, this year. But this year, our top 10 list will be uh, objectively the greatest bands of all time lists, uh, one by Eric and one by me. So last year yes. we did the top 10 albums of all time, objectively. This year we're going to do the top 10 like bands how, of all time. I like how you added objectively this time because <laughs> I remember, I think you said something like that at the beginning. And then when we started deep diving into the albums, you were like, no, these are the best albums of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. Uh, anyways, next year, or sorry, next episode, uh, our recap of 2021 and the week after the top 10 bands. Stay tuned for that. 
<sighs> so let's get into this, Eric. The mixtape battle. Uh, oh, yes. So we take a random speech generator, produces three random topics. One of us chooses one of those topics, and the other person has to create a three song ultimate mixtape. Last or two weeks ago, uh, Eric got the topic street gangs as his mixtape. So here we go. <laughs> Let's see what you did. All right. So I figured I'm going to set the tone with some people that grew up with this band would consider this band the greatest band of all time. However, I don't think so at all. <laughs> and if you Google the singer now from this picture that you see, he did not age well. But this is the band Loverboy with gangs in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and, what? and Cam, if you can, I, I would like you to Google Loverboy now. And okay. just show a comparison because I, I laughed actually. I spat out my coffee when I was trying to find a picture. Lover boy <laughs> today. Boy. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay, hold just, on. I will pull it it's, out. It's kind of as ridiculous as the Motley Crew lead singer just singing his songs. Like look at the look at the difference. <laughs> look at the difference. Look I mean, at he's the still, difference. still got the bandana. Uh. <laughs> he still has the bandana just did not age well um so i yes, can't believe this you put a lover boy on this <laughs> so now now we're actually going to get serious here uh so uh i've never obviously heard of this group uh but the song's actually pretty decent i actually don't mind it kind of got like a tribe call quest kind of vibe to it uh but it's a gang star uh code of the streets Oh, interesting choice. I like it. So, I I actually really like this song. I was listening to it. I'm like, this is actually a really cool song. <laughs> so, um, yes, I don't know anything about these guys, so I'm sure Kevin so, will be able to enlighten you. Yeah. So, um, basically, uh, Eric, you know who DJ Premier is, right? Yes, I've heard. Okay, of him. so uh, the one. If you're here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast on the screen right now is a picture of Gangstar. Uh, on the right, that is DJ Premier. So DJ Premier was, uh, well, Gangstar was a hip-hop duo. I think they're from Texas, I want to say. I know DJ Premier is from Texas. Anyways, um, on the right is DJ Premier, uh, and on the left is Guru. My mind sort of at this point but uh no a very like seminal group just because dj premier is associated with it dj premier is probably top three djs in hip-hop uh, and this is sort of where he started uh, before becoming solo artist dj premier right on it's a cool song it's pretty much as it describes in the in the lyric or in the song name code of the streets it's like living by a code almost right so which is very gang-like i would say uh and then last but not least i would consider this probably like out of the hip-hop i've listened to since doing this podcast i would consider this in my top 10 at (laughs) least and and i'm giving it a range because like i like we're still you know we're still exploring the hip-hop world for for myself here so uh i i really like this song and also i also like the parody version as well but by coolio gangster's paradise (laughs) (laughs) look at that hair that hair is awesome i should have known you would bring up gangster's paradise 
oh come on it's so good <laughs> i know it's very catchy but uh, it's such a such a strange song strange yeah. song julio's a strange man too um yes that's actually pretty good i have an issue with lover boy being here but um... <laughs> i i wanted to throw you for a whirl because <laughs> i wanted to throw that first song in there because you'd be like what the hell is he gonna show next <laughs> <laughs> I I was sort of expecting you to put Insane Clown Posse in here because they are <laughs> legitimately a gang, according to the FBI. Oh. <laughs> no. This is good. I like it. I like this. This is good. Good uh, mixtape, nice. except for Loverboy. Except for Loverboy. Uh, would you rather... I think it would do better if we had the actual other picture up there <laughs> <laughs> with the three pictures. <laughs> I think it would be, it'd be amazing. <laughs> let's not. Let's not do that. Uh, all right. Very good. I like it. Street Gangs, their mixtape done. All right. So I'm going to click on this button, produce three topics. Eric's going to choose one. And next week, I'm going to produce a song mixtape based on that topic. So here we go. Boop, 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 boop. Jesus. Okay. Animal abuse. <laughs> the meaning of life and warehousing. <laughs> oh my God. These are. Oh my Lord. How am I going to do any of these? Oh, the meaning of life. Oh, geez. Warehousing? Like, is that like, like Costco? i guess so or you could just like store stuff i don't know what that what that entails animal abuse oh that God. would be funny that would be really funny if animal if abuse. i picked animal abuse for you I and probably... we sometime we somehow tag PETA when we, <laughs> we do should, when we should we invite do yeah we invite the the ceo of PETA onto the podcast yeah. to do uh yeah. our mixtape on animal abuse <laughs> Yeah, we just need you there for like five minutes, just on the <laughs> podcast. That's all we need. Um, uh, see, animal abuse. I don't know. You probably could find something on animal abuse, but I feel like you'd have a better luck finding stuff on the meaning of life. Chasing dragonflies also wants meaning of life. I just mm. don't know what I'm going to do with meaning of life. It's so like, mm. it's so vague. Animal abuse. I don't know. Okay, so I assume warehousing is out because that's yeah, warehousing ridiculous. Yeah, I uh, will advocate. It's your choice. I'm gonna advocate for animal abuse. Uh, okay, I okay. Feel then like I could do something, but that's what my gut's telling me. My gut is telling me to go for the old animal abuse. So. Jeez. Okay, this should be interesting. I mean, maybe we get canceled <laughs> next time because exactly we made a whole mixtape based on animal abuse. We'll just have to put a disclaimer in. No animals were actually processed in the live <laughs> recording of this podcast. <laughs> See, Chasing Dragonflies already reporting us. So. I'll report it. What would what would uh, <laughs> what would virtual chem say in this <laughs> situation in the dragonfly pond? I don't know. He'd probably be silent. <laughs> honest this is this is murky territory um all right perfect animal abuse it is is our next topic for the mix ah and finally we're here beef yes or oh my camera there you go 
Thief or Not a Thief, our, our new segment, uh, relatively new segment anyways, uh, where we, we talk about two songs. One, the original, and then two, uh, the potentially plagiarized versions. So uh, this week, <laughs> we have I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty, uh, who is accusing Stay With Me by Sam Smith being plagiarized. So um stay with me is a song by sam smith from his debut studio album in the lonely hour released in 2014 it's a gospel inspired ballad written by sam smith james napier and william phillips it is sam smith's most successful single to date and is the seventh best-selling slash stream song in 2014 it would even go on to winning record of the year and song of the uh, of the year at an award show Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne would eventually receive co-writing credits when Petty's publishing company contacted Sam Smith's label. However, according to Sam Smith, they had never heard I Won't Back Down before they wrote Stay With And with Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down is a song by Tom Petty released in April 1989 and the lead single from his first solo album, Full Moon Fever. It would reach number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 and would chart for five weeks. It would also help the album reach multi-platinum status. Uh, Fun fact, George Harrison of the Beatles played acoustic guitar and backing vocals on this song and Ringo Starr drums in the music video for this. (laughs) So muted. (laughs) yeah he didn't record he was Mm -hmm. pretending to play on the music video (laughs) 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 the album would go on to being certified five times platinum Mm -hmm. in the u.s alone although to sam smith's credit the album would only sell a hundred thousand copies in the uk chasing dragonflies it says it's definitely stolen Uh, Sam Smith says that he has never heard I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty before writing Stay With Me. Uh, And potentially because Sam Smith, or sorry, in the UK, technically the album only sold 100,000 copies. Um, For me, Tom Petty is a very American band. Yeah, it's definitely an American band for sure. However, I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. Come on. Who hasn't heard that song? Yeah, that is a pretty big song. And I remember when Stay With Me came out, I remember listening to it on the radio because there are some songs that I actually really like by Sam Smith. And I remember listening to this song being like, this sounds so familiar. <laughs> and then as the, as the mid of the song goes, I'm like, I won't back. Hey, baby. <laughs> Just, I'm like, that. it's like, that's a complete ripoff of the song. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and in, in our tradition here, uh, if you are here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast on the screen now, we do have the notation for both songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the top would be um, Sam Smith. Uh, no, sorry. The top would be Tom Petty. Bottom line would be Sam Smith. And it's pretty close. It's actually very close. It's like pretty close. <laughs> It's uh, it's just missing like that quarter note in the second bar. No, yeah. it's it's oh, I see how it is. Okay, so the, so there's the two sections. Okay, so the top bar. Okay, so yeah, yeah. that is extremely close. So that <laughs> is. Oh yeah, that's that's ooh, <laughs> that's pretty ooh. close. That's bare. That's the. <laughs> 
Wow. They're in the same key too, by the way. Yeah, my maybe the fifth bar. Maybe. <laughs> the the sixth bar is the same. Except for that rest. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's the same song. <laughs> here's the here's the funny thing though, right? Um the the part in question that is being plagiarized, Sam Smith is the chorus. But in Tom Petty's uh, song, I Won't Back Down, it's actually the verse. Yeah. That's how good the verse is in this song that it turned into a chorus. It's <laughs> like, to me, that's the most impressive yes. part. That Tom Petty is such a gifted songwriter that a verse that he wrote could technically be a chorus, a catchy yeah. chorus. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, anyways, uh, um, yeah, that's a definite lit. That's a definite steal. <laughs> okay, so for you, it's definitely a thief. Sam Smith is a thief. A thief, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm with that little guy pointing at Sam Smith. <laughs> Jacques. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, okay, well, Tom Petty, very American. Sam Smith, obviously, very British. Is it which possible? is hard? Because yeah, because a hundred thousand isn't a lot of albums. Yeah, and Tom Petty's like so American. Like, is he popular outside of America and potentially like a Japan? I, I don't, I don't but then see it's in Tom the Petty same being key. <laughs> right, like it's in the same key, and it's like almost note for note. Yeah. Right. And then I think about it's. I won't back down. It's like who had. Who hasn't heard the song? It's just to me, it's unfathomable for no one to know what I won't back down is. <sighs> yeah, so for me, it's gotta be a thief. He's definitely a thief yeah. in this case. I say thief. Jacques. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. Uh, and our second question that we follow up with our thief or not a thief, who did it better? Tom Petty or Sam Smith? I would have to say Tom Petty, hands down. Ooh. I might go with the controversial opinion here. Ooh, really? But I might actually say Sam Smith in this case. Oh, damn. <laughs> not, not saying the that... Shakus, you come. Shakus, you. I'm not saying that I Won't Back Down isn't a good song, but there's something about the gospel ballad that's... Let's just put this mm. out there, that Sam Smith obviously is a very gifted singer, um, and he sounds like phenomenal. Like I listened to the song re- like to do this and I was like, damn, he actually has like really good pipes. Uh, and yes. there's just something about having a ballad pop song that also has a gospel feel to it. That I'm just like, this is so over the top with this choir in the song that mm-hmm. it might actually be like a better song that I won't back down. <laughs> That's, Maybe. I, I, yeah, and and you know what? And can like, even though I like Tom Petty's version better, I do really like Sam Smith's "Stay with Me." I think it's an excellent song. Yeah. Um. And and I just I like you're right. I I like the use of the choir and everything, but I I don't know. I like the full band. <laughs> you know, like the full yeah. band back in, and it's still gospel. <laughs> so. Yeah. I might stick with my opinion. I, probably tomorrow okay. I'll change my mind, but I think. I'm going to say stay with me is better. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Well, <laughs> Jacques. <laughs> Jason's Dragonfly says Stay With Me is a great song. It is a good song. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's stolen. That's all. It is a good song. Yeah. That, yeah. Exactly. Too bad he stole it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um anyways, uh let's close this off. Controversial statements. I'm sure we said a bunch of controversial things. Yes, we we always do. <laughs> Whatever. It didn't happen. Um yeah. perfect. Well, that's our show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Thank you. Uh, is goodbye one word or two words? Oh, my God. Goodbye. Farewell. <laughs> there you go. Avita Zen. Just to do some housekeeping here, uh, we're here live every Monday at uh, 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. Uh, join the Discord. Typing in chat. There you go. There's the link. So uh, join the Discord. Come yell at us. It's a fun time. Uh, If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music or all those other places, there's always the live show. Come interact. It's a good time there. Um, Other than that, I think we're good. There's only two more shows left for the rest of this year. Next uh, week, we will be doing our uh, 2021 wrap-up and then uh, the last show of the year will be our top 10 bands of all time, objectively. <laughs> Object- <laughs> objectively. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, listening to us, and we'll